1: Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and bring you back safely. Tis the season for the spooky, the somber, and the sinister— this episode is no different and has some scary or sad parts that may not be suitable for younger listeners. If you're looking for an episode that has a little more family-friendly spooky stories, I would suggest the episode titled, Where Are You?, which has Liz Weir telling Where Is My Toe and Tim Lowry telling Mutt's Meg. But if you're sure you're ready for this episode, then forge ahead and enjoy the chills. I was chilly Not scared chilly, but chilly because the weather was preparing for Jack's frost annual visit. The cool was creeping in and sweeping a gentle fingernail over my neck. So I pulled on a sweater. But that wasn't enough. So I went to the cupboard, where I keep the spare blankets that drape the couch in the winter months. I was looking through them. There was a great fuzzy one, the crocheted pink and blue, a black fuzzy blanket, and then I spotted one. I didn't know. It seemed to be... More like a very long scarf than a blanket. It was mottled green, and for some reason, when I picked it up, it made my head feel relaxed and calm. Slowly, I looped it around my shoulders and shoved the other blankets back in the closet. Then I stood and absent mindedly rolled an edge of the blanket between my fingers as I wandered back to the couch. I sat down, and the blanket started to get tight around my shoulders, and the ends started to squeeze around my arms. It should have alarmed me, but for some reason, it only made me want to nap forever and ever. The first teller for this episode is Ingrid Nixon. She's an award-winning world-traveling storyteller who loves nothing more than to whisk away listeners on journeys of the imagination. Exploration, nail biters, lies, tall tales, traditional and personal stories. She tells them all, bringing characters to life using voices, gestures, and animated facial expressions. This is a story from her albums, Grimms with a Twist, and is a favorite story of mine that she does. This is Hansel and Gretel from The Witch's Point of View.
0: Blame the witch. Witch. Their word, not mine. I was just a single gal trying to make a living in the deep, dark forest. Now, you need to know, I am coming to you from the beyond. Yes, I did burn up when that little scamp pushed me in the oven. But you also need to know that I did not go looking for Hansel and Gretel. No, Hansel and Gretel came to me. I was in my home, minding my own business, when all of a sudden, someone or something began to do damage to my dwelling. Now, this happens when you live in a gingerbread house. So, I did the usual. I went stomping out, nibble, nibble, little mouse who is nibbling on my children. Hm there they were, Hansel and Gretel, cute, a little thin, They had ripped off a chunk of my gingerbread paneling and one of my candy cane drain pipes, and they were stuffing them in their mouths. I let them eat, and slowly their story came out. They were children of a woodcutter. Their mother died, so their father went to the village, came back with another wife, their stepmother. Oh, and everything was fine until the family fell on hard times. There wasn't enough to eat. And that is when the stepmother got the idea that the whole family should go hunting together in the forest. The whole family. <laughs> Even the little children. So they went tramping off into the woods. They marched all day. And at the end of the day, the parents built a large roaring fire. Oh, it was warm. And Hansel and Gretel, I mean, they were just two little children. They were tired. They fell asleep. And when they woke up, the fire had burned to embers, and their parents were gone. Now, the children were convinced that their parents had been ripped apart by wild animals. (laughs) Oh, come on. I mean, it's so obvious. Abandonment! (laughs) They'd been wandering in the forest for days before they finally made it to my house. Now, as they are telling me this, they are stuffing gingerbread into their mouths. They are chewing with their mouths open. They are talking with their mouths full. Honestly, did no one teach these children manners? I looked down at that little Hansel. He was just like, I thought, oh, piggy, piggy, piggy. And you know how I like pork. (laughs) So I decided to eat them. But why gnaw on a bony little chicken wing when, with a little patience, you can have a nice, fat hen? So I said, children, would you like to play a game? And the children said, yes. I said, oh, this is a game I love to play. I call it Prisoner. Okay, I didn't have a whole lot of time to think of the title. But the children said, yes. So I said, okay, well, we will take one of you Hansel, we will take you around to the back of my cottage and I am going to lock you away in a shed and I am going to pretend like I want to starve you to death. But that's not going to happen because Gretel and I are going to go into the kitchen and we are going to bake all sorts of delicious foods and then she is going to smuggle them out to you and the two of you can gobble them up. Doesn't that sound like fun? And the children said, yes. So, we went around to the back of my cottage. Hansel, of his own free will, went into that shed. I locked the door, and then Gretel and I went into the kitchen, and we began to bake. Oh, we made cookies and cakes and pies. Oh, I let her lick the beaters. I let her eat as much raw cookie dough as she wanted. And then, when we had a nice big pile of things i turned to my back do 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 and she smuggled them out to hansel and the two of them just gobbled them up Well, the next day as i did every day after i went out and i said hansel prisoner show me your finger i want to make sure you are starving to death and that little hansel he stuck his finger through a knot hole and i squeezed it i could hear him giggling on the other side of the wall But as I squeezed that finger, I said, Oh, my, it does appear to be much thinner. You are indeed starving to death. But in truth, every day when I squeezed that finger, it was just a little more plump. I think I know when things started to go wrong. You see, I started to plan the menu, and I was trying to figure out... What kind of sauce goes with boy? You know, cheese sauce, pesto, tomato sauce, barbecue. So without even thinking, I said, Gretel, what kind of sauce goes with boy? And that girl, so clever. Now that I think about it, she did this little... (gasps) But then she kept talking, and she said... Whenever my stepmother makes spoy, she just uses a little bit of olive oil and sea salt. Simplicity! But now that I think about it, every day after that, when I went out to squeeze Hansel's finger, it ceased to get plump. In fact, it got quite bony, almost like a twig. Well, no matter The day came when I had, you know, one of those cravings. I just had to have some boy, you know, the other white meat. And so I said, Gretel, fire up the oven. And she said, well, what are we baking today? And I said, oh, we're not going to bake. Today, we're going to have a roast. And that girl, she's so clever. She put two and two together. And she knew. But I didn't know she knew. I, I, now I know she knew. Oh, if I knew then what I know now. Well, the recipe said, never put a boy in the oven until it gets to be about 400 degrees. So I said, Gretel, check the thermometer in the back of the oven. And that girl, so clever, she opened the door of the oven, looked in the back and said, Oh, I can't read it. And so that is when I shoved her out of the way. I stuck my head in the oven, and that is when I felt a push from behind. I flew into that oven. I I hit my head on the far side, and then the door slammed shut, and I knew my goose was cooked. That is when I began my transition to the beyond. And I'd like to think that I did it with sizzle. But it was from the beyond I saw how Gretel ran around to the back of my cottage. She released Hansel from the shed. And then the two of them ran back into my home. They ran upstairs, and they, they ransacked the place. I mean, they, they found my jewels, my diamonds, my emeralds, my rubies, and then they, they took my little travel bag. Oh, I love that bag. And they stuffed all my valuables in that. Then they went down into the kitchen. They took all sorts of delicious foods. And then the two of them struck out through the deep, dark forest home. And they made it. And of course, when they got home, their father, the woodcutter, he was so happy to see them, as was his stepmother, once she saw how much loot they were dragging behind them. And then, of course, there was that whole media frenzy. Oh, and then the book. Oh, that book. How many weeks was that on the bestseller list? And then the movie. So I'm sure all of you out there know about Hansel and Gretel, the two little children who killed the wicked witch by burning her up in the oven. Yeah, go ahead. Blame the witch. I was going to eat them. And if that makes me evil, so be it. But help me here. Uh, What is the word? Oh, there must be a word. What is the word that can be used to describe two parents who lead their dear, sweet, innocent children into the deep, dark forest and abandon them to their fate?
1: The fairy tale sponsor for this episode is Paul Bunyan's Multivitamin. You might eat four square meals a day, but if you aren't taking your multivitamin, you could be missing out on some important nutrition. Try Paul Bunyan's multivitamin for all the nutritional support your body needs. Do you want the strength to fell 20 trees with one axe blow? This vitamin cannot help you do that, but it can keep your iron levels in a normal range. Do you want to eat 50 eggs and 10 containers of potatoes so you can grow as big as Paul We don't recommend that. But we do recommend this multivitamin, providing you with all the essential B vitamins that will help you stabilize your energy and mood. Do you want to befriend a cute blue ox that you found in the snow who will become your best friend and lifelong companion? Well, we support your dreams and recommend you try our vitamin to keep your energy peppy while searching for your new bovine friend. Paul Bunyan's multivitamin for the lumberjack in you. This episode is also brought to you by the new Patreon supporter Liz and the Dingo Dog Zinnia. Liz has the special gift of being able to knit blankets out of mist. You might think these blankets would be damp and a bit cold, but oh no, once she runs them through the dryer a few times, they are the softest, most comfortable comforters you have ever curled up in. Zinnia the Dingo Dog is a world-class mist herder. She can round up a patch of mist faster than you can say, Zinnia, round up that patch of mist. Together, Liz and Zinnia make the best holiday gifts on the East Coast. They are also generous supporters of storytelling and will get the extra episodes and quarterly postcards, which is pretty cool. A big thank you to them and all the other patrons of the podcast. Be like Liz and Zinnia and become a patron for as little as $4 a month while getting some sweet perks and rewards. And for those of you who support the podcast and those of you who listen... Well, you are the light bulb that shines in the night when you come home after a long trip. The blanket was squeezing tighter and tighter. Every time I breathed out, it tightened a little more. It made me so sleepy. If I just... Lay there for a moment, I might have a nap, a long nap. One so deep and so long, I wouldn't ever feel tired again. I wouldn't feel anything. The blanket slipped upward and wound round my head, slipping over my eyes and towards my mouth. In that moment, I realized what I was wrapped in a boa blanket known to find their way into cupboards and slowly wrap their unsuspecting victims in cozy folds never to wake from their naps. I slowly opened my mouth to call for my husband but the blanket slipped over my face and I thought perhaps I would deal with this later if only I weren't so sleepy. The second teller for this episode, well, is me. I have never really had feelings about the story of Hansel and Gretel, until at some workshop or another we were talking about telling the stories from other perspectives. In this case, Hansel and Gretel came up and the question was, what if the witch knew that children were left in the woods by their parents during times of famine? What if she knew that would happen? From that little seed, this story emerged. It's a bit different. It wanders off the question a little bit. But this is my telling of Hansel and Gretel. Long ago, there was a woman who was wealthy, unmarried, and living alone on an estate in the woods. So it was assumed she was a witch. The rumors suited her just fine, and she settled down to enjoy her life. The poor folk who poached in her forest got glimpses of her fine house and brought back rumors that the thatching was so thick it looked like gingerbread, the plaster smooth and white as icing on the finest pastry. She had real glass in her windows that shimmered like sugar. The huge house had many rooms, but it was basically her. When she inherited all of it, she shut up the rooms, sent away the servants, basically living in the kitchen and tending to the little herd of goats, which lived in a shed just outside the door. She spent the winter reading, milking her goats, baking bread to keep the kitchen warm. And in the summer, she baked in the outdoor oven, keeping the kitchen cool. She would take her goats up to the green pastures in the woods. The woman kept to herself, and all of her goods and any rumors of the outside world were delivered by wagon once a week. One late summer, when she was no longer young, she heard a scratching from outside as if a mouse was nibbling at her house. She stepped outside and saw two children thin as thirsty trees. One of the children was scratching at her plaster, and the other was licking the windowpane. "'What on earth are you doing?' "'The children cowered back. "'She saw the hollows in their cheeks, "'the circles as dark as bruises under their eyes, "'and the little girl clasped her brother's hand "'and finally spoke. "'Are you the witch? "'The hex that lives in the woods?' "'Yes, I am the hex, and I eat children, too.' "'The children began to cry, and she felt badly. "'No, no, I, I can't stand crying, children. "'What are your names?' The little girl pulled it together and answered, I'm Gretel. This is my brother Hansel. Why are you in the woods? Where are your parents? Mother and father left us by the fire and said they'd come back. But that was three days ago. Famine meant there were a lot of children abandoned wandering in the woods, found by wolves before they were found by her. She, Hexa, took them in and gave them soup with thick slices of bread. When it became apparent the children would be staying with her, she opened up one of the rooms. The children jumped on the old bed and told her they had never slept in one so soft, their laughter filling the room with sweetness. In time, Gretel became Hexa's shadow around the home, Hexa being what they affectionately called her now. Learning to milk the goats, she tended the garden, she gathered herbs, she lit the oven, and would help slide in the loaves of bread for the day. Hansel especially loved to follow Hexa when she took the goats out to the meadows where he could explore the woods. He would climb high up the trees to find forgotten nests, nuts, and fruit. He would bring those treasures to her by the handful, filling her apron. One day Hansel emerged from the woods, leading another child as thin as the wheat in the fields. "'Who's this?' Hexa asked. "'He's been waiting for his parents to return for four days.' Hexa considered the child and only said, "'Well, you must teach him not to lick the windows. I'll make extra bread tomorrow.' Soon another child and another was found or led in from the woods." Additional rooms in the house were opened, and Hexa found it necessary to increase her weekly orders. Gretel began to make and take the deliveries, and those who delivered the food were grateful for the extra money so they didn't ask any questions. The cold came. The forest turned pale with frost, but within the walls of that house the children knew the warmth of a bountiful fire and enough food to eat. After one very cold night, They found a small, frozen body curled up against the roots of a tree not far from the house. Hexa wept, knowing that if the child had come a little further, he would have seen the light in the windows. He would have been saved. He would have been warm and fed. Hansel and Gretel watched her tears fall and then put the troop of children to work, gathering buckets of white pebbles. Then one by one, Stone by stone, they pressed them into the dirt, creating shimmering paths curling out from the house and deep into the woods, stones glistening like silver coins for lost souls to follow. After the stone paths were created, timid knocks came at the door every few weeks. By the end of winter, the rooms were full, and the smell of baking bread always filled the warm, noisy house. When spring came, the children burst out of the house like blossoms on the trees. The goats were happily looked after, each new kid, both goat and child, bouncing around in the fresh air. Hexa, Hansel, and Gretel organized the hive of chaos, and when the summer came, they baked in the outdoor oven that was so big, it could hold more than a dozen loaves of bread. While Eden reigned there in the woods, the famine raged on outside of them, and with the famine came plague. Hexa found the sick child at the edge of the forest, on a path of white stones, shivering and coughing. She hesitated. She did. But she saw the hollows in the child's cheeks, the circles as dark as bruises under her eyes. She picked the child up and walked back to the house. Hexa retreated to her room with the child in her arms and locked the door, forbidding anyone to come in. Gretel passed her food and water, anything she asked for through the window. Day after day, Gretel listened to the coughing, the soothing words and songs, and she noticed Hex's hands becoming thin and bony as she retrieved each item taking it into that dark room. Hansel and Gretel made the breads, roasted the meat, and whispered news to the other children. The sick child lived ten days. And when the little soul was breathed out, Hexa made the children stand far away. She emerged from her room with the wasted body wrapped in a sheet and burned it in the summer oven until there was nothing left but ash. Even from a distance Hansel and Gretel could see those circles growing under her eyes, watch her shake as she began to cough. But when the oven was cool... Hexa went back to her room and closed the door, forbidding any child from entering. She wrapped herself in her own winding sheet and spoke to Gretel through the window. Gretel, you have to burn it all. After I'm gone, tie a cloth over your nose and mouth and burn me and all that is in this room. Hansel and Gretel sat under the window, holding hands, waiting, waiting listening to Hexa's slowing breath, praying the prayers they knew, all the other children in a quiet circle around them. And when Hexa had breathed out her last, brother and sister did one last thing for the woman who saved them. With cloths wound around their faces, Hansel and Gretel carried the woman to the hot oven, pushed her in, and let the fire take her. "'holding hands and praying for the woman "'who had watched over them "'as her ashes floated away. "'Hansel and Gretel continued to bake the bread, "'take deliveries. "'The children continued to live there. "'There was gold enough to see them grown. "'One by one, children no longer, "'they set out to seek their fortunes. "'They took with them the story of a house "'made of gingerbread, "'a witch who was burnt in an oven.' and paths of pebbles, shining like silver coins, leading them home. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Ingrid Nixon at Nixon.com and me at com. Tell us you heard us on the podcast, now want to hear us tell more stories. Go find your favorite tellers from the podcast and discover what they can bring to your home. If you have questions or comments, For the podcast, send them to storystorypodcast at gmail.com. If you send us an email, let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. The Beautiful Brains Behind the Fairy Tale sponsor was inspired by all of the pills that I take in the morning. and wondering who might be a good spokesperson for a fairy tale multivitamin. Thank you, Paul Bunyan. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was the cozy blankets of winter and the TikTok of Robert Irwin showing off a boa constrictor. That is a huge snake. I would would much rather face a boa blanket. I, I think I could survive that encounter. Maybe. The music is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You'll hear more stories next week, but until then, live happily ever after.
0: And Mary Kate opened up the door, and there, on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was prepared. And to this day, Anansi spins webs, so that he can catch the flea, fly and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass you can still see the
1: rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight and if you listen
0: really closely you can even hear the festive music from the royal
1: Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Ingrid Aha! Nis- mm-hmm. uh-huh.